Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So, okay, we are now into the section of the show where we dance. Take off your shoes if you can. I mean, this is a Friday after all. So Percy Mabandu, who is music historian and author, is on the line with us. So, Percy, welcome. I'm so sorry you and I can't be at the Cape Town Jazz Festival. Um, <laughs> you would have been there for maybe a, a two weeks longer than all of us. <laughs> yeah, 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 you and, know. Um, and it's that work, though, that goes behind the scenes, Percy, that you, you have seen people nurtured behind the scenes, people that we've never heard of before. Yeah, and and we often think of the of the festival, um, as you say, about what happens on stage, yeah. you know, the glitz and the glamour. But there's just so much that goes behind, um, that goes on behind in terms of the development, the young people who come for various types of workshops and training opportunities, the interns who work on stage, you know, the people that. Organizations like SARA, South African Roadies Association, sent over to go do their apprenticeship. Um, you know, we do a 10-day a training program on arts uh, journalism. And, and, and you see also the life of the city of Cape Town change in the build-up to the festival, the cleaning up, you know, the sort of getting ready for what they call Africa's grandest gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it becomes very interesting. Also, you know, Sometimes you, you meet young musicians who would be performing at the festival for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we take it for granted. You know, when, you, when you've been going to, to the festival, you know, like Joy of Jazz, Son of Joy of Jazz, or the National Art Festival, then everybody else actually goes. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, these things, you know, take a lot to be able to put together as, as, a, as a treat. I, I think the numbers um, recently on looking at you know, what it would take for anyone to just get up and go to the Cape Town Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. The, first, the, the, the travel costs. Mm-hmm. So if you're flying, you're talking about 5,000 rand, you know, if you've managed to plan in time so that you get the, the tickets cheap. You know, then there's the accommodation which shoots up because of demand, you know. And then there's also, you at the Cape Town Jazz Festival, the ticket is just about 1,000 rand, you know, for the, for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now you have to think about, I'm in Cape Town, mm-hmm. do, I, do I just go to the festival and then <laughs> come home yes. after spending all this money? Mm-hmm. Then you throw in a bit of a trip to, you know, you want to go see the beach, mm-hmm. you want to go see the waterfront. And, you know, if you're at the waterfront, you have to buy something. So the shopping mm-hmm. comes in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before you know it, the whole thing is almost 20 grand, yeah. right? Um, and this is why it's an important festival for the city of Cape Town, because it's a destination festival. If they manage to get you there, the economy benefits. And, and this is part of the greater loss um, that COVID has, has, has suffered, you know, and sort of visited upon the city. And, and, and over and above that, there are young kids on the street corners who are basking, you know, who get, you know, the sort of um, falling coin, as mm, it were, you know, who mm. are doing things. There's the people at the market in, in Green Market Square who are selling all sorts of craft, you know, who otherwise would not have that kind of clientele coming into the city mm. to be able to get. So this then, you know, as you can see, the economic life of just, you know, we think about it as, oh, who's performing on stage? Mm-hmm. But the life of it is, is so huge. Um, and, and that gives us a, a, a larger meaning of what we mean by cultural event. 
So, so there is what the city has lost um, economically, but I mean, yeah. I cannot count the cost of what it has meant for artists who, even those who are established, Percy, who come all yeah. the way here and make a decision, this is the festival I want to attend, what that cost has been for artists. It's been really, it's been really uh, it's devastating. So if you think about, I know of a lot of um, young musicians who manage to meet up with their heroes from all over the world who come to perform here mm-hmm. and that level of network. So one of the things that people look forward to, you know, uh, about the festival is the after, is the after party jam session mm-hmm. because that's the greatest yeah. networking moment. Yeah. Uh, so people are there with business cards, people are there with demo tapes or whatever, you know, um, ways in which they, they, they are able to share what they do with a visiting uh, musician and you remember so 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 if heavy hancock is in town yeah. or if uh, uh erica badu is here they are here with an entourage yeah. so they are here with their manager they are here with you know uh, their pr people and whatnot and if you manage you don't even sometimes you're not even looking to meet erica herself or heavy hancock himself you're looking to meet up with his manager because his manager if you manage to get on their or on their catalog, then you have access to a whole touring network in the U.S. or, or across the world. You know, so you are then, you know, it, it exposes your your potential to to tour. You know, um, so 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 it becomes it becomes you know a, a great loss for musicians beyond the the lost opportunity to perform, but access to a world that comes with being able to to sit for coffee with a manager, a producer that otherwise would not be here or, or otherwise you would have to struggle to get an email that they might not read. Yeah. You know, Percy, that's, that's, you know, something that we discuss all the time. What we don't actually ever talk about is what the established artist gets from um, listening to younger people because oh, yeah. established artists actually live for this kind of thing where they are out there looking for fresh new talent, new looking for new sounds, going out of their own comfort zone, their own regions to to hear things they've never heard before. So even for them, this is a major, major loss. It's a great loss. I mean, you know, the history of jazz is, is you know, or, or the history of important moments in jazz music has been about the band, the yeah. new band, you know, when the old band falls and the new band stands around a great musician. So you can think of Miles Davis or John Coltrane if we use this historic moment, or even our very own Zim Nawana, mm. by a series of young musicians he manages to bring into the Zimology band. Mm. You know, you, there's a moment when he was, you know, he had Andy Leonana as a pianist, you know, as he was coming up. And then a certain, you know, a, a, a era comes, and then you start seeing someone like... Uh, like Duduzo Makatini, mm-hmm. uh, sharing a stage with Zim Nawana and say, oh, who's that kid on the piano? He's looking interesting. But Zim has managed to see him and then he brings him on and it energizes Zim as much as it gives a platform to a new, you know, a younger musician coming on. And then later on, you see Zim walking around with this young, you know, colored kid <laughs> from Cape Town yes. and that's Kyle Shepard. Yes. You know? And yes. before you know it, Kyle Shepard is the most important pianist, you know, on the scene. And, and before we know it, Zim is playing around with this new drama called Tumim Horos, you yeah, know, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, Brazil died before they could talk, but they were rehearsing. Oh, yeah. And that tells you, as you're saying, you know, older musicians go to festivals also to go look at what are the young musicians doing on the development stage and who's hot, you know, and who's showing promise. And that's where they go to reimagine themselves. 
know, in the context of young musicians who are on the come up. So let's imagine, right? Let's imagine everything is perfect and we were, I suppose, going to the festival <laughs> and, and, and we were listening to some interesting music. Let's curate yeah. a little bit and play along. Yeah. What would we be listening to? So I, I thought, I thought, you know, grumpy here sitting in Pretoria, <laughs> and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, uh, what, what, what would be the hottest thing on the stage right now? And yeah. I just sort of looked at the records that have come out in the last, you know, twelve months or so, or eight months or so. And there's a new album, you know, and 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 if you can get your hands on it, you should. It's called. Um, you know, uh, uh, Utiko Ukona. 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 It's by a band called Ipupolikabiko or, or Biko's Dream. Now, this is a very fascinating band for a lot of reasons. I mean, Mohammed uh, Dauji is on saxophone. Mohammed Dauji is, you know, one of the most incredible young saxophonists coming up. And they have managed to carve a a very weird role for themselves because they've also become the soundtrack for the new, you know, kind of spirit of protest amongst young people. I, I saw a video on the internet of, of, uh, of, 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 of students protesting in Bramfontein and they were singing, you know, along to this song. And I thought, wow, wow. you know, normally it's the other way around. Yeah. You know, artists take from the, from, 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 from yes. the protest movement. Yeah. But here we are, you know, it's a kind of uh, symbiotic movement. So, so, so I thought this would have been a, this would have been on one of the stages. I, I thought the Morelago stage would have been where we would be doing, mm. doing. <laughs> you mm. know. To, I like it already. Act, Let's take know, a yeah. listen. Utiko Ukona.
See whose voice is that such discipline? I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, these must be very well-trained artists. The discipline that I'm hearing here is 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 such, it's so professional. I cannot believe it. Look, um, this is coming off of the album called Indaba Is, uh, which was put out, it's a compilation record of South African musicians put out by a record company called Brownswood Recordings. Um, it was led, you know, by uh, 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 um, Tandi Tool in terms of production ah. and that. But, but on this track, you have Busile Kaba uh, on guitar. He's working with Naftali, uh, Fagazi Lengosi, and HK. And the song is called Umdali, I mean, Celebration of Nature. Mm-hmm. Busile Kaba, who is leading this outfit here, has been a very uh, interesting musician you know for, for for a while i've seen him develop since the early 2000s in the backwoods of pretoria and i think he's managed to cover himself uh, a very quiet but steady mm-hmm. developmental path he released an album um two three years ago called open letter to adonia and uh, which is a double cd with another one called unlearning he's a guitarist who has inherited that tradition that uh, i suppose is also embodied by the like of uh, Luin Sanga, Madala Kunene, mm. you know, in that nexus. Um, and Ma- Malombo, that Malombo thing as well. I mean, the kind of secular spirituality that is rooted in the celebration of nature, you know, uh, mm-hmm. something often associated with Uburasta and all of that. Mm-hmm. But he manages to do it quite beautifully. As a musician, I think he's unparalleled as a guitarist. Wow, I yeah. think he has mastered... Uh, the instrument, um, and it's fascinating to watch him do what he does. Uh, I think this album came around at the right time because it packs all of our contemporary talent in there. Like if you if you were to ask me what is the health of South African music now, I'll just give you this this album, uh, Indaba East, Really, and then you will really get a sense of what's going on. Sure. Uh, the production values, as you were just mentioning there, are just. Mm. I just, you know, it's, I just incredible. So, you know, this I, I imagine would be at the roses. You this know, is the real end. stuff. This <laughs> is the real stuff. This yeah. is definitely the real stuff. Okay, let's take a quick pause uh, and go for the headlines. And we'll be back with more after the headlines with Zoleka Kodashi at 2.30. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM.
Okay, so we, we've managed to get to the festival because I'm in my festival mode now, Percy. Absolutely stunning. This is the call, right? By yeah, Sisonke Kronti. And before that, uh, Codes of Light by Linda Sikakani. You know, Pimelo, historically, South African music has been the story of a procession of giants. And, and on the saxophone, um, there's always a kind of expectation that there has to be a reigning saxophonist for the ages. Mm-hmm. And this goes back all the way f- from the time when, you know, like Ezra Mukana was, was the king and he was contested by, you know, uh, someone like uh, uh, Caps Ganuka. Mm-hmm. A- and later on, you had, you know, that generation, Evo Brazil Mawana. And for you know, it, it seems as though as though he was unrivaled, you know, he, because he was such a large figure. What we have now, because we have such a great pro, you know profusion of talent, uh, you know, you can't really say that Sisonke is the reigning king on the saxophone, or that you know Linda is is the reigning king, of, because they are refusing to let each other, you know, to, to let either one be be the reigning voice, because they are, you know. Sisonke comes out with an album, Uga, about the migration. He wins the Standard Bank Young Assist of the Year. And just before then, of course, Linda Sikakani had just won the Sambro Foundation, you know, like uh, international scholarship. And he, 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 you know, he manages to break through uh, at, at, at Berkeley in the United States and then comes back home and releases this great album. And all of them are just, you know, bristling and, and overflowing with talent. And, and it's just beautiful for us to see and be able to bask in that glory. You know, you know, Percy, for a while, um, we may have had this conversation, what, maybe three, four years ago, where, where it was touch and go-ish for a while, where we, yeah. you know, we were not sure. But what I'm hearing is solid identity of musicians. So they are excellent and are also very true to who they are. So you, yeah. you, you know, this is the thing about that. As you're saying, you can't even pit them against one another. These are solid musicians who have very well you know, crafted and honed in their identity. It's it's just wonderful to see. It's beautiful. In in that song, we must mention Timelo. Um, there's a lovely voice coming up, and I wish that, you know we, we get to get a chance to see her flourish. Uh, on the vocals there with with Sisonke on the call. I think it's just fascinatingly, you know, talented. I I think I just hope that this mess of COVID clears up mm. and she gets a moment to shine as a solo vocalist. I think we've I've seen her perform in other people's uh, bands before, mm-hmm. and I've seen her as a little kid, you know, at the, at the jazz festival in, in Gramstown, coming for for the workshops and lessons, mm-hmm. and and, wow. and and you can see that 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 conveyor belt of talent development is working. So let me ask you this, because this is what you've been watching over the years, and and then this is the result, right? So what is it about that individual that makes them the the star that they become? I think I think it's one thing to to have the talent, but to have the personality to go with it. Yeah. And of course, we cannot, you know, what we've managed to to have in our country for the last quietly without it getting a lot of attention for the last eight years or so. You know, the 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 National Arts Festival as a training ground, especially what happens at the Jazz Festival with the workshops, has really, 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 really been an important investment. And thanks, you know, people like Silent Bank and, and people like. Uh, uh, Ellen Webster, who runs the, the festival there. Apart from the big musicians who come there, mm-hmm. there are these workshops. I think you have every year over 300 young kids come to for workshops there, year in and year out. And you can see many of them come in and then go on to, to do to do mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. They've got these two bands, the Tana Bank uh, National Youth 
uh, jazz band and, and the youth big band, which are, you know, if you manage to get onto that band, then you will get your first chance to perform at the, festi- at the main festivals. And that sort of gives you a taste of the life of touring and whatnot. And it's, it's protected. Mm-hmm. You know, you're treated mm-hmm. like you, you, you need to be protected. Mm-hmm. And, and once they let you go to go do your own thing, mm-hmm. you've had a chance. And I think we can't really, you know, uh, we, we can't have done or we can't have had the sort of successes that we are seeing mm-hmm. without that space. And that the musicians who themselves become successful go back to go and teach and give workshops. It's wonderful to see yeah. that over the years this has gone gone on, and I just hope that the politicians running, you know, the town of Makanda and the Eastern Cape get that part of our country running well, so that the festival can yeah. get a space to flourish. So, so the next artist we're going to play uh, out with, uh, Percy, somebody that you have relentlessly been speaking of for years, and you kept saying, "Watch this, you know, this young lady. She's coming. She's coming. She's coming." Yeah. And, and she's now here. Zoe Modicha has just really just taken her place, um, and and I think you know she's she's very solid. I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, look, I mean, here, here we are, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, what do you say about Zoe Munich? Yeah. She's, she's so great. She's so gifted, and she knows it, and she, she holds herself the right way. And, I, and, and her understanding that you have to have a great balance between, between your own ingenuity and the contribution that you want to make as a composer and another food rooted in the heritage that you inherit. Mm. How she manages to do that, you know, is, is very wonderful to see. Mm. You know, the song that we're going to play, you know, Ilangali um, Shonile, was made famous by Mamiriam Makeba. But when you're listening to Zoe, you know, uh, handle the song, it's like, yeah, no, man, the kids are okay, you know. <laughs> you know, the kids oh, are okay. Pissy. So lovely talking to you. We could do this all day. Thank you one more time. Um, it's always you've, a pleasure. You've, made, you. you've managed to get us to the festival, so it's okay. We, we yeah. could. <laughs> we, we're there. We're there. Thank you, Percy Mabandu, um, music, um, you know, historian and author as well, and just, you know, taking us to the festival, as it were.
Give on 